Today's video is brought to you by Candid. Today's episode will contain spoilers for chapters one through 16 of The Mandalorian. Hey brother! Guys, today I find myself with mixed emotions. On the one hand, The Mandalorian is over for the year, which is so sad. On the other hand, 2020 is over, so... But I had really grown accustomed to waking up really early every Friday morning to watch prime television before, you know, Twitter spoiled it for me, probably. It's your own fault, Jonathan. You can't get on Twitter on Mandalorian Day. On the actual other hand, though, oh my god, they freaking did it. They freaking did it. Luke Skywalker. I might not have stopped grinning all weekend. I mean, from the moment the X-Wing shows up to the recreation of the Darth Vader Rogue One scene to the like super heartfelt emotional goodbye where Grogu reaches out and touches Din Djarin's face, you're like, oh my God. I mean, I genuinely teared up. Seriously though, I dare say the Star Wars Renaissance is in full swing and I am here for it. That said, as amazing as this episode and the whole season was, there are still many questions left unanswered. So today, we're counting down our top seven unanswered questions from The Mandalorian. Before we dive on into today's video, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Candid. Guys, thank goodness 2020 is almost over, and I don't know about you, but more than ever, to me, it feels like a good time to turn over the new year with a change. And thanks to Candid, straightening your teeth is simpler, easier, and more comfortable than ever. Candid clear aligners are comfortable, removable, and practically invisible, unlike, and speaking from experience here, wire braces, which are super visible and like, you know, stuck to your teeth at all times. Point is, with Candid, you can transform your smile without anyone noticing. Have you ever been hit in the lip by a football wearing braces? It hurts. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring with the same orthodontist who actually creates your plan. So you'll never have to wonder, how are you doing? Which I kind of love. The average Candid treatment lasts six months, but you'll start seeing results way before then. The average Candid treatment lasts just six months, but you'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. So kick off the new year right and start straightening your teeth today. Right now, all of our viewers can get $75 off their Candid starter kit by going to candidco.com slash SCB and use promo code SCB. That is candidco.com slash SCB with promo code SCB for this limited time offer of $75 off your Candid starter kit. Again, one more time, candidco.com slash SCB, promo code SCB, link in the description down below. Question number one, is Grogu off the show now? Okay, so the entirety of the first two seasons appear to have been leading the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, down a single path to return Grogu to the Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. I mean, everything he has done since becoming Grogu's guardian has been in service to this mission. This is the way. But now, as the season comes to its very emotional end and the mission is complete, Grogu is with a Jedi, you have to wonder, 
Are we gonna see him again? Or will the Mandalorian veer off in a new direction for season three and focus in on something else like rebuilding Mandalore and reclaiming it from the empire? Actually, I dare say that is exactly where this show is going, but I also definitely think Grogu is going to be along for the ride. I mean, I don't think it is a stretch at all to say that Grogu has been the most popular fictional character of the past two years. And there is just no way they're gonna drop him from the storyline. In fact, they could be leading us down a path where Grogu is the eventual leader of all of Mandalore. Like the title, The Mandalorian, could be referring to him. Which leads us to question two, is Din Djarin the current leader of Mandalore? Okay, so in the finale, we learned from Moff Gideon the rules, if you will, of the Darksaber and how the culture of Mandalore respects it. According to him, the blade must be won in some sort of trial by combat and that whoever owns the blade is the current ruler of the planet and people of Mandalore. It's kind of like the throne in Game of Thrones or uh, no, maybe it's more like the Elder One in Harry Potter? Thor's hammer, that's, you know, it's like Thor's hammer. Only the worthy may wield. Actually, no, you know what? It's the Darksaber from Star Wars. That's what this is making me think of. The Darksaber, wait, yeah, okay. The Darksaber is like the Darksaber. That settles that. So to that end, in a way, yes, right now, Din is the current ruler of Mandalore because he's the one with the Darksaber. But the caveat is that's only if you believe what Moff Gideon is saying. According to him, Bo-Katan isn't accepting it from Din because she knows you have to win the Darksaber in a fight. But that is just not true. I mean, the first time Bo-Katan accepted the saber, it was from Sabine Wren, and she just hands it over. So who knows, maybe she does plan on challenging him for control of the saber. But the other possibility is that she's not attacking him because now suddenly she realizes he is the ruler of Mandalore. Sure, taking it from Moff Gideon would have been fine because he stole it from the Mandalorians, but Din is a Mandalorian, so if she fights him and kills him, then it's like a form of regicide at this point, isn't it? Now, sure, earlier this season, she did chastise him and call him an extremist for not taking his helmet off, but moments after she refuses to take the blade from him in the finale, he takes his helmet off in front of her. So even as Mandalorians, if at the beginning they're coming from two different places, by the end of the season, it looks like they're heading towards the same place. And besides that, I just totally ship these two characters. And if they end up together, well, then that just solves both problems anyway. And if Din is the ruler and they rebuild and they have like a line of succession, that means that Grogu would eventually inherit the throne and the saber and then be the ruler of Mandalore for like the next 850 years. Sound good? Me too. Question number three. What are they gonna do with Grogu's blood? We know for the past two seasons that Mando has been protecting Grogu, but from what? What has been the objective of Moff Gideon? Well, apparently it was just to get his blood, which he confirms they did. I've already got what I want from him, his blood. All I wanted was to study his blood. I mean, to be fair, they did once before and they ran out. So who knows, maybe this time they just took like a lot more, but he seems comfortable with the amount they got. And what the empire is going to use that blood for is almost definitely to create a body for Emperor Palpatine's like force essence to take over. Actually, we have an entire video about this if you wanna check that out. But there are really 
two main options for who they're going to create with Grogu's blood. The first is Supreme Leader Snoke, and the second is actually Rey's father, both of which represent a strand cast, which is a different kind of clone than we're used to in the Star Wars universe. To create a strand cast, they're basically gonna use the Emperor's genetic profile and combine that with Grogu's blood. Basically, what it means is that Rey's father, the Emperor's son, isn't really a biological son, it is a clone of the Emperor, who, as it turns out, has zero Force sensitivity, but uh, gobs of daddy issues. Personally, I'm leaning more towards Rey's dad, just because Rey and Grogu both have demonstrated the Force healing ability. Plus, I just really like the idea that the two are connected, but both Rey's dad and Snoke feel plausible. Which brings us to question four, where is Luke taking Grogu? This is very much one of those Rogue One style questions you have to wonder about. By which I mean, as you're watching Rogue One, you're like, yeah, these characters are great and all, but like, if they're so good, why didn't they show up in the main trilogy? And you sort of have the same problem with Grogu. Like, we know he's adorable, awesome, and powerful, but if he's so good, why isn't he in the sequel trilogy? Well, there's at least one really obvious answer in that we know what happened to the rest of Luke's students, and that's that Kylo Ren killed them. Does that mean he also killed Grogu? Because if so, redemption over, Kylo Ren. You are dead to me. There's no coming back from that, I'm afraid. No. No, no. But honestly, I don't think that happened because again, Grogu's like the most popular character to come out of the last two years. And I really doubt his story ends in an off-screen death five years ago. I think it is way more likely that Luke just completes his training and then returns him to Din and then they go and, you know, help rebuild or reclaim Mandalore from the Empire. And since, you know, almost the entire planet's worth of people were killed off in a massive genocide and they're rebuilding from the ground up, that is why you don't see Grogu and the rest of Mandalore taking part in the battle against the First Order. <clears throat> Seriously though, the cool thing about Grogu is his potential lifespan. Like, we could have a trilogy where he is the hero taking place like four, 500 years in the future and he'd still only be like middle-aged in his prime. I don't know who I need to talk to at Star Wars to make that happen, but if you like me want that to happen, leave a, a green heart emoji in the comments right now, please. Maybe it'll get to them. As far as I know, that's how these things work. So. I mean, it can't hurt. Question number five, and this is the big tuna question I'm sure you were all dying to know about. What about the pearl? I know, I know. If you blink, you could have missed it. Well, it would have been like a long blink, like, oh, what happened? But I, you know, it's possible. But don't think just because you were way back in episode one of season two that I have forgotten about you, Pearl. I have got my eye on for those of you who maybe did commit the long blink, you may have missed it in the aftermath when Mando and the Marshal took down the crate Dragon. And yes, I am being very generous with the phrase, and the Marshal. 
But you see the Tusken Rangers scavenging the body and they pull out what looks like an egg, but is actually a pearl. Seriously though, I am like 9,000% convinced they had that egg scene with the jaws in season one so that you would just overlook this pearl in season two. Because that pearl is actually a kyber crystal because that's how the pearls are formed in the bellies of a crate dragon. And as such, I feel extremely confident that somebody is getting a lightsaber from that thing. My top candidates, of course, include Mando himself, if Bo ever accepts the dark saber from him, but he decides he too would like a weapon of such power. And option two is obviously Grogu, because he's gonna come back and be a little Jedi Knight and he's gonna need a little lightsaber. Plus, there's just no two ways about it. That little ball he keeps carrying around can, will, should be a part of his lightsaber help. Like, just, you I mean, come at me, you know, or don't. Oh. I suppose in a distant third is Boba, since he's already on Tatooine. And at this point, you got to figure he probably knows a thing or two about crate dragons. Which actually brings us to question number six. Uh, what is the deal with Boba Fett? Okay, so if you stuck around to the post credit scene from the finale, you saw Boba Fett walk down the stairs to Jabba's palace and promptly gun down Bib Fortuna, who was sitting on Jabba's throne. A name I feel confident you only know because you, like me, owned the action figure when you were a kid. Please, Dad, can we get it? Uh... Who is this? Oh, geez, Dad, it's Bib Fortuna, the guy who's on screen for like 10 seconds at Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi. <sighs> you never pay attention to things I like. I introduced you to Star Wars. Anyway, after Bib Fortuna dies, the screen fades to black and the text appears on the screen saying the Book of Boba Fett coming December, 2021. And since the episodes of The Mandalorian are all titled Chapter, it almost felt like, wait, is the Din? saga of the show over? Are we gonna be following Boba, a different Mandalorian now? In fact, no. Confirmed today, actually, the Book of Boba Fett is going to be its own standalone show. And notably, not a physical book, which is what Ben thought they were promoting. Anyway, it's coming out next December and will feature Boba and Fennec basically running the criminal underworld of the galaxy. Because you see, sitting on that throne is kind of like owning the Elder One. It's like, Wait, we already did this. But what's really exciting about this is wondering what is Boba's motivation for doing this? Because it seemed like him and Jabba had a pretty good working relationship and it wasn't Bib's fault that Boba Fett died. Well died, but why come back and shoot up the place? Well, mostly for power, I'm thinking, and possibly to also hunt down the man who did knock him into the Sarlacc pit. Han Solo. And wouldn't you know they recently cast a young version of Han Solo, look at that. But really that's not my main question. My main question is number seven, which is what was Boba Fett up to between this moment and this moment. Cause it's been like, five years, and for a guy who was really, really productive this season, he has made it shockingly little distance. But first question, uh, how did he survive the Sarlacc pit in the first place? Actually, for that matter, how did Bib Fortuna survive this? Did, did anyone die that day? I swear, if they bring Java back to life. But yeah, they say crate dragons can eat Sarlaccs and there's always a bigger fish, we get it. There's always a bigger fish. But like, how does the thing that ate you getting eaten help you? Aren't you just two layers deep now? Regardless, I guess we know he gets out, but then 
He loses his armor to Jawas? I mean, you gotta be having one heckin' bad day to finally cut your way out of the Sarlacc stomach only to find yourself in a crate dragon stomach. And it's not like the Jawas aren't capable of putting up a good fight. I mean, they defend against Din in season one before he gets his shiny Beskar armor. But like, I don't know, Boba Fett seemed pretty skilled even without the armor. Speaking of which, are you telling me this guy right here who is smashing in Stormtrooper helmets couldn't retrieve his own armor from this guy? for five years? What have you been doing, man? That guy barely even helped with the great dragon. Apparently you climbed out of two stomachs. Also, like you had Slave One this whole time and yet you stuck around on Tatooine? Why? Maybe because your plan was to march into Jabba's palace and shoot the place up, but why you didn't do it before now? Again, same planet. Those people, brought him to the pit. It just seems to me that commanding the criminal underworld would be a way faster way to get your armor back than waiting for someone else to come along and bargain it away from the guy who took it and then follow that guy to another planet to bargain with him? Also, not for nothing, but Slave One, I think on its own, could have destroyed the entire little village the marshal was defending. But whatever, I'm sure we will get all those answers and more come next December, which I just cannot wait for. <sighs> Seriously, what an awesome time to be a Star Wars fan right now. But there you go, guys. Those are our answers to our top seven unanswered questions from The Mandalorian. If there are any more questions you want answered, please let us know in the towel section down below. Also, just a quick heads up, this will be the final week of the year that Ben and I are producing videos here on this channel, but we will be back at it again the first week of the new year. Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks as always for watching today's video. Please remember to leave a like on it if you haven't already or a green heart emoji in the comments, just saying. If you wanna see more Mandalorian action from us, you can check out this video right here to see how Rey and Grogu are connected in further detail. But Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.